Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Beautiful morning, she said disconsolately. When can you come, Edgar? I will say nothing till you come. As Gussie spoke, there came suddenly back upon Edgar a reflection of all he had to do. Life had indeed come back to him all at once, her hands full of thorns and roses piled together. He fixed the time of his visit to Lady Augusta next morning, as he put Gussie into Mr. Tottenham's brougham, and setting off himself at a great pace, arrived at Berkeley Square as soon as they did, and attended her to the well-known door. Gussie turned round on the threshold of the house where he had been once so joyfully received, but where his appearance now, he knew, would be regarded with horror and consternation, and waved her hand to him as he went away. But having done so, I am afraid her courage failed, and she stole away rapidly upstairs and took refuge in her own room, and even put herself within the citadel of her bed. "'I came home with Uncle Tottenham and his brougham,' she said to Ada, who, half-alarmed, paid her a furtive visit, "'and I am so tired and sleepy.' Poor Gussie, she was safe for that night, but when morning came, what was to become of her? So far from being sleepy, I do not believe that, between the excitement, the joy, and the terror, she closed her eyes that whole night.' Mr. Tottenham, too, got out of the brougham at Lady Augusta's door. His own house was on the other side of the square. He sent the carriage away, and took Edgar's arm, and marched him solemnly along the damp pavement. "'Earnshaw, my dear fellow,' he said in the deepest of sepulchral tones, "'I am afraid you have been very imprudent. You will have a mauvais cordure to-morrow.' "'I know it,' said Edgar, himself feeling somewhat alarmed in the midst of his happiness." "'I am afraid you ought not have let her carry you off your feet in this way. "'You ought to have been wise for her and yourself, too. "'You ought to have avoided any explanation. "'Mind, I don't say that my feelings go with that sort of thing, "'but in common prudence, in justice to her—' "'Justice to her!' cried Edgar. "'If she has been faithful for three years, "'do you think she is likely to change now? "'All that time not a word has passed between us. "'But you told me yourself she would not hear of anything, "'that she spoke of retiring from the world.' Would that be wiser or more prudent? Look here, nobody in the world has been so kind to me as you. I want you to understand me. A man may sacrifice his own happiness, but has he any right to sacrifice the woman he loves? It sounds vain, does it not? But if she chooses to think this her happiness, am I to contradict her? I will do all that becomes a man, cried Edgar, unconsciously adopting in his excitement the well-known words. But do you mean to say it is a man's duty to crush and balk and stand out against the woman he loves? You are getting excited, said Mr. Tottenham. Speak lower, for heaven's sake, Earnshaw. Don't let poor Mary hear of it tonight. There was something in the tone in which he said poor Mary with a profound comic pathos, as if his wife would be the chief sufferer, which almost overcame Edgar's gravity. 
Poor Mr. Tottenham was weak with his own sufferings, and with the blessed sense that he had got over them for the moment. "'What a help you were to me this afternoon,' he said, though I dare say your mind was full of other things. Nothing would have settled into place, and we should have had a failure instead of a great success but for you. You think it was a great success? Everybody said so. And your poor lady, Earnshaw, your friend, what of her? Is it as bad as you feared?' "'It is as bad as it is possible to be,' said Edgar, suddenly sobered. I must ask further indulgence from you, I fear, to see a very bad business to an end. You mean a few days' freedom? Yes, certainly. Perhaps it might be as well in every way. And money. Are you sure you have money? Perhaps it is just as well you did not come to the square, though they were ready for you. Do you come with me to-night? I am at my old room, said Edgar. Now that the entertainment is over, I shall not return till my business is done. Or not, then, if you think it best. Nothing of the sort, cried his friend. "'Only till it is broken to poor Mary,' he added, once more lachrymose. "'But, Earnshaw, poor fellow, I feel for you. You'll let me know what Augusta says?' And Mr. Tottenham opened his door with his latch-key, and crept upstairs like a criminal. He was terrified for his wife, to whom he felt this bad news must be broken with all the precaution possible, and though he could not prevent his own thoughts from straying into a weak-minded sympathy with the lovers, he did not feel at all sure that she would share his sentiments. Mary, at heart, is a dreadful little aristocrat he said to himself as he lingered in his dressing-room to avoid her questions not knowing that lady mary's was the rash hand which had set this train of inflammables first alight next morning ah next morning there was the rub edgar would have to face lady augusta and gussie her mother and mr tottenham who felt himself by this time an accomplice his justly indignant wife besides that the latter unfortunate gentleman had also to go to the shop and face the resignations offered to himself and deadly feuds raised amongst his assistants by the preliminaries of last night in the meantime all the culprits tried hard not to think of the terrible moment that awaited them and i think the lovers succeeded lovers have the best of it in such emergencies the enchanted ground of recollection and imagination to which they can return being more utterly severed from the common world than any other refuge the members of the party who remained longest up were lady augusta and ada who sat over the fire in the mother's bedroom and discussed everything with a generally satisfied and cheerful tone in their communings gussie came home with uncle tottenham in his brougham said ada she has gone to bed she was out in her district a long time this morning and i think she is very tired to-night oh her district cried lady augusta i like girls to think of the poor my dear you know i do i never oppose anything in reason but why gussie should work like a slave spoiling her hands and complexion and exposing herself in all weathers for the sake of her district and it is not as if she had no opportunities i wish you would speak to her ada she ought to marry if it were only for the sake of the boys and why she is so obstinate i cannot conceive mamma don't say so you know well enough why said ada quietly i don't say you should give in to her but at least you know well i must say i think my daughters have been hard upon me said lady augusta with a sigh even you my darling though i can't find it in my heart to blame you but to change the subject did you notice ada how well harry was looking dear fellow he has got over his little troubles with your father tottenham's has done him good he always got on well with mary and your odd good uncle Harry is so good-hearted and so simple-minded, he can get on with anybody. And I quite feel that I had a good inspiration, said Lady Augusta, with a significant nod of her head, when I sent him there. I am sure it has been for everybody's good. In what way, Mamma? said Ada, who was not at all so confident in Harry's powers. 
"'Well, dear, he has been on the spot,' said Lady Augusta. "'He has exercised an excellent influence. "'When poor Edgar, poor dear fellow, came up to me to-night, "'I could not think what to do for the best, "'for I expected Gussie to appear any moment, "'and even Mary and Beatrice, had they seen him, "'would have made an unnecessary fuss. "'But he took the hint at my first glance. "'I can only believe it was dear Harry's doing, "'showing him the utter hopelessness.' "'Poor fellow,' said Lady Augusta, putting her handkerchief to her eyes. "'Oh, my dear, how inscrutable are the ways of Providence! "'Had things been ordered otherwise, what a comfort he might have been to us! "'What a help!' "'When you like him so well yourself, Mamma," said gentle Ada, "'you should understand poor Gussie's feelings, who was always encouraged to think of him, till the change came.' "'That is just what I say, dear,' said Lady Augusta, "'if things have been ordered otherwise. "'We can't change the arrangements of Providence, "'however much we may regret them. "'But at least it is a great comfort about dear Harry, "'how well he was looking, and how kind and affectionate. "'I almost felt as if he were a boy again, "'just come from school, and so glad to see his people. "'It was by far the greatest pleasure I had to-night.' "'And so this unsuspecting woman went to bed. "'She had a good night.' for she was not afraid of the morrow, dismal as were the tidings it was fated to bring to her maternal ear. End of chapter 12